Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. We've just watched episodes six and seven of Inferno, the last story of season seven, the last seven-part story ever, the last story with Liz Shaw. Boy, oh boy. The last story with that TARDIS uh, console. Yes, that's right. That's the last time we see the slightly off-green TARDIS console, which, which parts of it were falling off during part of the ep- like in the in the time rotor. You could see parts of it sort of hanging there. So they thought, yeah, maybe it's time maybe we built a new one. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, um, but thankfully not the last of Doctor Who because uh, this season at at the beginning was sort of like um, thought, well, we'll do one more season and then we'll see because we don't have anything else in the hopper in the hopper rather. Uh, but about halfway through, I think it wasn't this episode that convinced the BBC, okay, we're let's continue making the show. But by the time they were going into production of this one, this is okay. Let's let's make season eight. I think we're we're on a good thing here. So, so season seven of Doctor Who, possibly the best season in all of Classic Who, helped save Doctor Who in the in in the long run. That's pretty cool. Yep, I'm I'm sad that it's over though really sad and I'm so, I'm, so, I'm so sad that we don't see any more Liz but I had forgotten how, exactly how this story ended and I do like the fact that she goes out on a warm laugh and she literally gets like the last shot of the episode the last shot of season seven is just her mm-hmm. laughing happily like that's that's not the worst way to go Exactly. Kind of a Scooby-Doo ending in a way. Just like everyone sort of laughs, laugh track, and yeah. cue credits. Yeah, but it's, and it's so perfect because it's the, th- you know, it's the three of them. The three, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to say the three amigos, but no, but it's much, <laughs> much better than that. They're just, they're the, the heart and the core mm-hmm. of this unit. Haha. Uh, and, and yeah, and it's the three of them just getting along in the way that they do with the doctor and the brigadier having some friction, but really in the end, not. Mm-hmm. And the doctor and Liz having a, a really good relationship. And, you know, Liz also sort of like being prickly with the brigadier because, you know, he sort of commandeered her services in the first place. So it was it's just nice. Like you think of that first scene of her and the brigadier at the beginning of spearhead from space mm-hmm. coming all the way around to this. And it's just like, there's, you can draw a line between that. It's almost like uh, Liz and the Brigadier are like the two companions and like, they are their relationship and then the Doctor comes in as a third to that. And so it makes for a very effective triangle. And I think after this point, it's like, you know, as we get Joe Grant next year, she's very much the Doctor's assistant and not so much a part of the flowchart of unit at this point, you know. Yeah, like even here at the end, you have she's working on part of the TARDIS mm-hmm. console. The doctor's working on the other part. He's singing a song. She's starting to hum along, and he's like, "Join in, Liz!" Yeah. Like they're they are a team. Uh-huh. She's not his assistant. They are a team. Yeah, mm-hmm. I miss that. I will miss that rather. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And also, I do love how she gets to remind the brigadier, "I am a doctor. <laughs> Remember, yeah. I will take care yeah. of him." Uh, she's she's very firm about her place and what she is capable of, and she knows her worth, and she lets him have it. Mm-hmm. That's in episode seven. Um, I almost want to talk about episode seven first, <laughs> and then talk about I don't know, just because I, I mean episode seven isn't disappointing, but it's it's almost like a very uh, an episode long denouement essentially from what we saw mm-hmm. at the end of episode six. Um, no hell, we'll talk about episode six because oh boy, uh, that 
cliffhanger and just the build up to it is is yeah you 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 said afterwards as we pressed on episode seven because i needed i needed some space and time to talk about it he says yeah that was a good episode he did like it i did yeah i liked i like i think five and six are the the high points mm-hmm. for me although i really like episode seven too um good. yeah it's it's intense and one of the things that i thought about was the fact that you know here's the end of the world and he's managed to convince them of that. Has the doctor actually convinced all of these people that he can get to an alternate version of the world and save the the, the thems yeah. <laughs> that live there? You know what? Maybe, maybe not. But it doesn't really matter because these are all, with the exception of the brigadier or the brigade leader, they are scientists and they want to have something to do. They want to have a purpose. Yep. They want to be working toward a goal. And he gives them that. So even if he was just some weird crackpot, that would be a kindness that he would have done for them to give them something to work toward in their last, you know, hours mm. of life. And I think that's partially why the brigade leader doesn't hold up very well at the end, because that's not the kind of person he is. That's not the kind of service that he devoted his life to mm. at all. And he is completely bereft of the type of work that he is used to and falls apart yeah. as as a result of it he can't contribute in any way he tries to contribute by bullying petra as yeah. she's trying to rewire the thing and he does it repeatedly mm-hmm. uh, because that's the only way that he knows to get results yeah. and this is a situation that that is counterproductive and um you can see that liz is you know alternate liz is the kind of person who recognizes that who's who's actually more empathetic and um, is thus more competent at her job. Like you think if this whole project hadn't have happened in that world, that eventually she would have hippity hopped over, I think, mm-hmm. the uh, brigade leader and taken control because she's better at her job. Yeah, I, I like the way how she, she sort of she sort of acts as a go between, kind of like just sort of like trying to temper him. You know, when he's bullying Petra into hurrying up with the nuclear reactor and just you know best best let her get on with it. You know, she's you know she's knows it best and stuff. Tries to sort of cool him down in that way, then fails. And I love when the earthquake sort of happens and stuff, and the brigade leader sort of panics. And I just love the way that Carolyn Giant says, "You know, it's okay, brigade leader, we're still here." <laughs> I just love the way she delivers that line, and then she's. I'm just thinking of the safety of everyone else. Oh yes, of course you are. I just oh, I love that bit. It's like it's like she finally just kind of like as the earthquake happens, it's like somewhere in her mind it finally really sinks in that this actually is the end. Like before that, she's just sort of been, you know, doing something in order to do something because mm-hmm. that's what she does. And then this that's the moment where she really gets it and she's just like, "Well, fine, the gloves are off. I can yeah. I can talk to him like he actually deserves to be spoken to at this point." And she does. And you're right. It's glorious. Yeah. And Petra does the same thing. She just like, you know, she's please don't bully me. I'm doing the best I can. But then she just stands up to him at some point and just says, no, you know, you, you could try bullying, but I'm, you know, I'm doing this the way I'm doing it because that's the way it has to be done. It just, and he just sort of stands like everything, the, his entire world is collapsing. You know, he has no one left to bully and now the women are bullying him. And it's just like, this is my worst nightmare. Yeah, well, that and the world ending, worst nightmare. I, I don't know. I think the world ending is actually a little lower on the list of worst nightmares <laughs> at that point. No one's listening to him anymore. That's top, that's top nightmare, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, you know, he ends up trying to go uh, on a shooting spree at the end and, and kill um, Sutton. Yeah. And his, does his gun jam up or... 
It's empty. It says because afterwards he's not loaded, and then okay. he fires a shot to prove that he reloaded it in between. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. that that totally makes sense. Yeah. Yep. And then you know they end up fisticuffs and fighting. And I I had forgotten uh, the doctor's line about how. Um, like, do you want to go out, like, die fighting? Listen like- to that. Do you want to um, end your lives fighting like animals? Yeah. I was just like, that's very, okay, so the seventh doctor ripped that off from his third self. <laughs> so that great, great line from Survival mm-hmm. uh, is actually just a pale imitation of the third doctor. How, who am I? <laughs> like, what am, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm saying it. Oh, you're, uh, yeah, you're a fan of the third doctor of this season. Well, I guess I am. What's, I don't... I feel very strange inside right now. Listen, you can like Doctor Who. You can come around on Doctor Who. It's 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 allowed to to you know to. I mean, we haven't wa- we've only watched literally twenty percent of the John Pertwee era. Your opinions might change, but as of right now, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, I like this season a lot. I do too. Boy, uh, the 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 oh, the cliffhanger is just like the whole build up and everything, and just mm-hmm. Petra's yell of Greg, and then we see this you know stock footage of lava coming towards but it's just like okay the entire world is ending i don't I don't think that was stock footage that looked like a model effect to me because you've got the little tower collapsing that, so i feel like that's it was, true sorry yeah uh it was some sort of like gelatinous stuff uh, around a model which it would regardless yeah. it, look, it looked good yeah it did it was on film and it was on a blue screen but it was just like effective and you barely hear the the title scream over the mm-hmm. building sounds of the whole episode so when the episodes actually crash the titles actually crash in it's like wow and you know that's why i love that episode so much because it's the earth is doomed (laughs) that earth is doomed and we see it at the point of its destruction we don't see it uh him getting out uh like several minutes beforehand um and it's it's just terrifying it's terrifying to see the doctor sort of lose and have the earth that is fairly close to what we're used to um, die in a ball of fire like that. The, there are some great shots. The one shot that, that I, I noticed this time is that when the brigade leader, after getting beat up and stuff, and he stands up and tries to convince the doctor to, to take him at the very end there, is the shot where he's standing right along the wall, right back to where the, the, um, the dictator leader is right there it's like he is back with you know one last stand for the republic i am for like that's that's his strength in that moment mm-hmm. he's found his strength in this brutalist republic that he has sworn his life to and that's what like at that moment is what he finds mm-hmm. most comforting i suppose and then liz shoots them in the back Liz shoots him in the back, proving her humanity as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. her humanity and her ruthlessness. Like yeah. it's like all of it. Like all of the pieces of our Liz that we see put together with all of the pieces of the Liz that grew up in this society and became a section leader. You know, come together in that moment to mm-hmm. make the perfect instrument of uh, of saving the Doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, is there anything else in Episode Six? I feel like I've. Um, I know. I, I think I even when I wrote a blog about it ten years ago. Now I think I, I spoke very highly of this one as like possibly my favorite episode ever, um, and it might still be. It's so good, such a good. And then there's episode seven after <laughs> after that, which is I, I you know I was I think okay, but it's not episode six, but it's episode seven. But there are so many great moments in that. There's the you know the free will is not illusion after all moment, which everyone speaks highly of. I I, I noticed something this time around. You know how in the um, the parallel world stallman 
uh, takes all the unconscious scientists and like turns them into primords, basically. Mm -hmm. But here, he's still the villain in this piece, mm -hmm. but he shoes them all out. True. It's just him. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he in that moment, he's still not as evil as he is in the other universe. And it's just him who he's realizing is being controlled by this substance and, mm -hmm. and turning into a, a, a werewolf of some sort. But he takes his last moment almost as a human being, even though he's been a jerk with no redeeming qualities to this whole thing, to save everyone else. I thought that was quite a moment. I guess I hadn't even thought about that, but yeah, you're right. And like, and then it makes you wonder, like, is it because he is in this universe just a, a slightly better person? Or is it that growing up in the terrible regime in mm -hmm. the parallel universe, uh, you know, is what led to that Stallman being a, a worse person and taking so many people down with him because he has been surviving in this society where just these kind of atrocities happen day after day and you sort of get numb to it and start to think that this is the way that it should be. Right. And um, so, yeah. So is it free will or is it just he's a product of his environment? Who knows? It's sort of left left open. The pattern can be changed, as mm -hmm. the doctor also says. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's what you do in the moment that makes you the person you want to be. Mm -hmm. And Stallman wants the thing to happen. This 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 penetration zero, but he shoots everyone else out. Liz is you know sort of doubting everything, but like shoots shoots the brigade leader in the back, and like you know that whole way of life in the back as well, just sort of like ends it because she knows that there's something better. It's yeah, it's quite something. I don't know if it's because she knows it's something better. I think it's just because she knows it's over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And perhaps to help get the doctor mm -hmm. to something better. Yeah, well, to something different. Yeah. I don't think that he spent a whole lot of time explaining how their way of life is better. I think yeah. it's just that there's another, you know, there's another her out there who, who got to be the scientist that she never got mm -hmm. to be. So she wants to save that version of herself, Yeah, which is nice. Mm -hmm. yes. Anything else about Inferno? Possibly my second favorite story of all time um i really like that when the doctor comes back and he is unconscious and it's the the brigadier and liz there um she tells the brigadier keep an eye on the doctor i need to go and like to, like she's the one to go and bring the message um which you know it makes sense because she's a scientist but yeah. there's just never any question or hesitation about it she's just immediately you t watch the doctor i need to go and pass this message along mm -hmm. and the brigadier also doesn't say boo about it. He just keeps an eye on the doctor. Yeah, just this—it's it's that unit, you know, those three working. And I didn't—I didn't mean that as that pun at the time. I swear, uh, working together in like you know, playing to the strengths of each other. And I do find it interesting too that like so the doctor sits up and he's talking to himself and and I was—I'm not in love with that little that little speech. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just—it's—it seems a little schmaltzy uh -huh. um and sometimes i like schmaltz but that's not a time that i no. that i loved it no but i, I in my head canon it's it's because he's so out of it because he was knocked out and he was in a coma and he was under like a bunch of trauma which is why he instead of doing something clever and doctorish he just starts smashing console the console yeah. um with a hammer or the wrench or something like that because that really didn't feel like the next step that just kind of shows you how overwrought he is at having to see yeah. this other world completely end and all these people that he's sort of come to care about die uh, possibly in front of him mm -hmm. as he's as he's dematerializing um so between that and the f physical exertion and everything he's just at his wits end and 
just kind of loses it and starts smashing things. And he kind of pulls it together enough to uh, apologize to the soldiers and yeah. knock them down yeah. <laughs> and and get away and try to be a little bit more sneaky about things. Um, but yeah, I just I sort of chalk that speech up to all the same kind of a thing. Like he's just sort of out of it. Like I can, if this is a cartoon, there would be little birdies circling around <laughs> his head as he's doing that speech. And it just it doesn't really do that much for me. No. Yeah. What about John Pertwee, though? I thought he was just fabulous in this whole story. He's very good. He yeah. he is. Yes, he's he he doesn't do the things that bug the crap out of me in this story at all. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to whatever those things are and how often they happen. In 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 mm-hmm. your opinion, I, I mean, there have been things that have happened in this season, yeah. but it's been few, very few, and far between. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I think he's an underrated doctor. I think. Yeah, I do. I don't know. You know what? I, like, go I on. Know, I know so many people that he's their favorite doctor that I find it like, well, I, I don't know. Do you mean maybe overall in fandom? It just it's hard to the overrated underrated thing is uh, it's a tr- <laughs> it's right. a tricky thing to talk about yes. because it totally depends on what circles you run in. Definitely. Well, I'll, let's put it this way: uh, when the fiftieth anniversary came along, um, you know, we had. You know, obviously, the the new the modern Who doctors, apart from Christopher Eccleston, who was purposely distancing himself from the whole thing. We had John Hurt in there; he was fine. Uh, we had, um, you know, McGann had his uh, Night of the Doctors. So he had his time in the Sun. The five-ish doctors, the five, six, and seven, all were there. Tom Baker was back in in the um, the Day of the Doctor himself as a curator. Uh, we had the Adventure in Space and Time, showing William Hartland stuff. We had missing episodes returned. Which gave Patrick Troughton a time in the limelight. The only doctor in the 50th anniversary season or 50th anniversary celebration that didn't have his time in the sun was John Pertwee's doctor. And I almost felt like something, something for him because I, he, like, as I said, his, his era, maybe not his, him specifically, but the, the, the show as it was now is the thing that saves Doctor Who and makes it a lifelong pursuit at this point. It doesn't get canceled after season seven because it's such a success. And I just feel sometimes he's maybe not quite given as much um, kudos and, and credit, I think, for that. And also, I just think it's a, he's, it's, it's a much better performance, I think. I think there's a lot of times where he just think, oh, he just says reverse the polarity uh, a lot and has to, you know, read his lines off the console and st- you know other little anecdotes like that and i think there's a there's a there's a really good performance underneath all that so maybe not underrated but just like not remembered as fondly as he should be like or yeah. not remembered as much yeah. as he should be mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. as i said at the beginning you know of this of the the time watching this whole era you know he was a comedy actor a vaudevillian kind of silly voice comic actor and he jumps in and just does it completely against type plays the most serious portrayal of the doctor i think uh apart from maybe william hart a little bit even him ha- even he had his little moments of of uh of nonsense and stuff and this just feels like a a very serious straight down the line apart from the batman reference which you uh quite liked <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. Yes, Batman as a like not as a char- uh, like a person, but yeah. as a as a character, as a comic yeah. book character, is canon in the Doctor Who universe. Yeah, as of this episode, yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And even that, he, get, he delivers that with Clee. So anyway, I'm I'm a new appreciator of of, of John Pertwee, especially season seven. I I love everything about season seven. I think it's all just the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have not yet seen his, the rest of his seasons, but sometimes yeah. when the 
style or quality changes as time goes on, it's that's one of the reasons that people perhaps don't remember as fondly. Like if right. all of it felt as epic and like just serious and huge yeah. as season seven, um, I mean that might be difficult to like carry that on for four years. Like mm. uh, just uh, as for viewers, that might be a bit of a grind emotionally. Yeah. Um, but if it was that, yeah, maybe maybe his place in the annals of Doctor Who would be shifted in some way. But it seems like uh, things get a little sillier and lighter and bouffantier <laughs> as the time goes on. Right. And he becomes jerkier to his companion. And yeah, so, you know, it's... it's let's see how I how much I agree with you once we get to the end of season mm. 11. Yeah, maybe Doctor Who should have never been never. Uh, it maybe should have been canceled after season seven, and we could have just lived with those seven beautiful years and not have any potential anti-John <laughs> Pertwee opinions develop over the next four years. That's that's an idea. Mm-hmm. I'm, there's according to this, there is a, a a universe out there in one of the infinite ones yeah, that sure. where where that happened. So yeah, literally, literally, it ends at the end of Inferno episode <laughs> six. That's where one of those universes stops. So. Very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now you can you can listen to the episode of Verity that you weren't on and indeed edited because you even put off editing that episode because you didn't want the opinions of your your fellow Verities to uh, mm-hmm. to taint or perhaps you would borrow mm-hmm. subconsciously from that, right? Yes. Yeah. So they recorded um, yesterday, and I like I lined up the tracks and sort of listened to the beginning and the end to make sure that it was all lined up. But I didn't actually listen to any of the content in the middle where they're talking about it because yeah, like I mean I've seen this before, but it's been so many years that I really wanted to just watch it as fresh and cold as possible, mm-hmm. and then yeah, and talk about it uh, with my actual just like fresh opinions and and not be borrowing. So if you hear that episode of Verity and you. Th- you know, somebody on there says the same stuff that I was saying. Uh-huh. It's not because I stole it. I have not yet yet edited that. Yes. Yep. So. Yes. So says the Canadian, not Deb. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. I'm the not Deb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? Uh, do you know what story comes next? In Doctor Who. Yeah. I don't, but I could guess. Go for it. Uh. Well, my guess would be. I don't see. I don't know if there are any John Pertwee with no companion stories. So, and I know that Joe Grant is the next companion, and I know that her first story is Terror of the Autons. So that would be my guess. That's your, that is correct. Terror of the Autons is the next story we get to watch. Oh my god, I've seen that a lot. <laughs> yeah, why have you seen that one a lot? Um, I don't remember why. I think it was one of the random ones that I watched. Uh-huh. Uh, years ago when I was just picking random Doctor Who right. off of Netflix to watch and I wasn't in love with it because uh-huh. I didn't care for the Doctor or Joe. Um, and then I know we watched it for Verity right. and I think I watched it for an episode of TARDIS Tavern maybe? Yeah, I think that I think that was it. So like I've seen it a few times. Right. Mm-hmm. In my mind's eye, it's still a black and white episode because I I grew up watching it in black and white. It was only ever colorized in '92, and then came out on DVD, you know, ten odd years after that on color. And I think I was like the first time I ever saw it in color. So this has sort of been, yeah, the season eight. I mean, there that for a while, a lot of these stories only exist in as black and white, sixty millimeter prints. So they, it's still a black and white era to me. Inferno was always color. Um, Spearhead from Space was too. Silurians, Ambassadors, black and white. 
terror of the autons uh, is, so we're still in the black and white era as far as i'm concerned wow that's funny yeah. i uh i guess the mind of evil yep that is black and white in my head, but that's the only one. Yeah, that one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still have a hard time looking at that one and going, why is it so colored? What is going on? I don't understand why everything's so red. It's... I, I don't think I've seen it yet in color at all, so that'll be my first time seeing that in color. Um, but yeah, Terror of the Autons is always in color for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I will watch it on whenever that is. Um, I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. We're lazy like that. We, we you know, it's a, it's, it was a long weekend, so we uh, rammed through the rest of Inferno, but... Um, mm-hmm. We'll get to Terror of the Autons when we get to it, right? Yeah. I mean, technically, it's still a long weekend because tomorrow's Monday and I have the day off. So, yeah, we're going to Heritage Days over day three of three. That's true. Yay. More more Heritage Days. More food and stuff. And then mm-hmm. I'm recording an RFS thing on Monday night. So, it probably won't happen. Probably won't happen tomorrow night. Sorry, everyone. Listen, you got we watched five episodes of Doctor Who <laughs> and had what, how many podcast episodes did we do? Three? Three, three podcast mm-hmm. episodes? Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Yeah. That's that's a pretty good showing, I think. I think so too. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. Well, that's it. That's it for this one. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, sharing our long weekend, that being Alberta's long weekend, uh, with us. And uh, we'll say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>